Hey everybody, it's Emily here. I just wanted to stop in before we get started and say thank you so much to everyone who was able to stop by and hang out with us during the live stream release party for the season one finale. Uh, we had an absolute blast and being able to spend time with you all, even if it's only virtually, is such a joy. Thank you all for continuing to be such an amazing community. So. I know you were all as excited for season two as we are. And with that, I wanted to give you a little heads up on the release schedule for the rest of this month. Um, in preparation for the new season, we won't be having an episode drop for the main show next week. There will, however, be two other show episodes released next week. We'll have STFU and Tom Talks. So on Wednesday, June 10th, we will be releasing an episode of Southern Tomfoolery Unlimited, and that will be featuring special guest Larry Wilhelm, who is the author of book three of Against the Aeon Throne AP, uh, The Rune Drive Gambit. So really excited about that. I know Zach had a lot of fun uh, with that interview, so I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that. Uh, then on Sunday, June 14th, instead of our regular show release, we will be dropping an episode of Tom Talks where the entire SDF crew is going to get together. We're going to recap book three and kind of just take a look back at the entire craziness that was this AP. Uh, so just kind of a full AP wrap up. Then we're going to get back to our regular schedule with episode 71 dropping on Sunday, June 21st. So again, gang, thank you so, so much for continuing on this journey with us. We are all just ridiculously excited about starting Signal of Screams and even more so because you guys are a part of it. But before we get into season two proper, the crew still has some things they need to wrap up. So let's head back home. It's episode 70, Epilogue. Welcome to our epilogue of season one of Southern Tom Fuller Plays. Here on NPR. Well, I, I'm speaking like this because that was that was a hell of a, a finale to book three. Um, and we lost a lot of people. And so I do think that this epilogue is going to probably be a little sad. Warning, right up top, everybody. Probably be a little sad, but I think there'll be some hope in it. So yeah, we've got two adventures left to play with these characters, y'all. Yeah. A little bit bittersweet. Yeah, little do but... you know, this whole thing is going to be slapstick. 
<laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be egg farts yeah. and squid fish taking all it back. episode long. Um, no, what a hell hell of uh, episode sixty nine. I just wanted to say y'all did amazing, great work to everybody for last episode. Um, was really really pleased and proud of all of you for the way that that went down. Um. But we've got some things to kind of wrap up for this season. So I don't want to take too long up at top and, and just kind of want to get into it. Um, where, where we are, like at this moment is Oren is standing over the dead body of Sardat Zola Nilvestra. The rest of his crew is up on the Epic Tracer and the Sardat ship is up in the sky as well. And, and Orin, you can look up and, and well, you can look up and see the Sardat ship, and you can look over and see the epic tracer that's landed on the ground. As you're savoring your victory, you hear a and you look up, and like a firework in the sky, the Sardat ship explodes as his last heartbeat stops. Hmm. And, oh. and you guys can all see it like across. You just. He, he wired his ship to blow up if he were to be killed. Yes. Dude, that's such a dick move. Stone. That's Yeesh. so terrible to do to his staff, though. He's a mm-hmm. space he Nazi. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's still terrible. Uh, he was a space Nazi. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Former space Nazi. Truche. Past tense. <laughs> Uh, well, in that case, Orin will just, hmm, good fucking riddance. And he'll grab the Aslanti uh, Sardat's like, collar and just drag his face along the surface the of the dirt. asteroid. Just- yeah, <laughs> carry his body back to the tracer. As, as Legos are raining down on the force field. Right, right. Like <laughs> little, little two by three bricks just... <laughs> It's a hailstorm of Lego. Did you know that the plural of Legos or of Lego is Lego? Is Lego. Yeah. 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 I don't like it. I like, you know no. what? I just refuse. It's I just not. refuse. It, it is. Protest against In my brain. Uh, yeah. Legos. You know, they are Legos. Hashtag not my Lego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Le- Lego my Lego. <laughs> so, what about the waffles? Are they Ego? For multiple? No, we are not. It, it is. No, yeah. no, we're not. We're not. We're not no, derailing. No, we'll talk just, about that later, put, though, Josh. You just put the word waffles <laughs> after it every time. So it's uh, like okay, waffles. Egg waffles, egg egg yeah. waffles. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, you drag you drag the body onto the ship, and I mean, and he, I mean, yeah, he'll just like sling it, you know, as hard as he can onto the deck of the tracer, and just <laughs> sigh and be like, oh, fuck. As as soon as he slings the body and gets back on the ship, um, <laughs> Mike charges up to him and bear hugs him. Well, he he kicks the sard at one time for good measure <laughs> on the way, and then just bear hugs and picks him up off the ground. Like I won't lie, I didn't know if you had it in you, mate, but I am so bleeding proud of you right now, my man. Uh, you squeezing me a little tight, Mike. Yep, you hear like four cracks in your back, <laughs> and I, and I let you down, dust you off. Like oh, I, I, can't, I can't believe it, mate. I I don't. I'm usually the one doing a fight, and I don't get to watch fights that often. And I gotta say, it was exhilarating. 
Yeah. Exhilarating. You done good. You done good. It won't bring him back, Mike. Fucking bum me out immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Just killed that boner. Turns around, walks away. Just like he went from like peak, like yes, I got it, and then like yeah. So I guess you. If you cannot compartmentalize in wartime, what? How do you stay sane? You know. I guess you're exhibiting that like. the fall what I was going to ask right you of is like it, killing him didn't bring you the the peace or the or the uh, joy that you were looking for, right? When you when you killed him. I mean, so it was you know, it he avenged his comrades, but it, but it's not going to bring them back, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's bittersweet. It's not so much that it's a hollow victory because, um, you know. Well, I only say that because I mean, you know, you just responded to Mike when he congratulated. Well, yeah, I mean, Orin had a—he had a few minutes of dragging the Sardat's body back for him to process everything and Mm -hmm. think about, you know, what this meant or whatever. So I think that you know, by the time he makes it to the ship, he's arrived at the conclusion that, sure, it, uh, you know, he got justice. But it's still not going to bring him back. So, well, my feelings are sufficiently hurt. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like realistically, like Mike was trying to, like you know, so probably the first time he's ever told you he was proud of you for something, and then immediately, like the knife twist of like it won't bring him back. He was like not thinking about it at the time, so it, like he goes from a big like toothy grin to like head sunk and uh, I mean just turns the fuck around and sorry like I'm <laughs> you you killed his vibe there and yeah I mean Orin <laughs> is kind of a buzzkill you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like you know sugarcoat that for you or anything I mean that's sort of his I had MO. heard that I, I yeah heard that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had been following along with it, was, this it was just like a particularly painful delivery yeah for Mike you know yeah trying to find no. one moment of, of, of decent joy in this horrible sea of Well, what emotions. about the rest of you as he walks back on to the ship? I mean, Fel hears that and just doesn't really say anything to him. Just kind of looks, gives him a nod. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're back, for what it's worth. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Y'all ready to get the fuck out of here, or what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> fuck this place, fuck these people, fuck everything about this. Let's go home. I mean, Orin looks visibly beat up, for one, and tired as hell. You know what I mean? Like, this was was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of juice, man, to, to take down the Sardat. So yeah. he's spent, you know? He's not going to be in a celebratory mood at all right now. You know. What about you, Captain? You got you had a special connection with him during that fight as well, you know. Um, Ziva's kind of trying to take it all in, you know, that 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 feel of, you know, the victory that we, we, we finally we actually fucked him up and that we did what Sedona wanted. Like she wanted him dead. Um, so 
I mean, Ziva feels relieved, but we're still, like Fel said, you know, we're not home. Let's go the fuck home uh, and let's lick our wounds because there's still a lot of heavy shit that has just happened. Um, so, yeah, Ziva's going to say, um, yes, let's, good job, Auden. Good job. And she just kind of nods at you, and then she sort of looks around at everybody. She says, let's get on our way, um, and we'll discuss our plans, where exactly we're going, what we're going to be doing with our guests here, and arrangements for our friends. Warren, are you good to take the helm? Yeah, yeah, I'll get us into the drift, and Terry can take over from there. And he'll go... Just kind of like solemnly, you know, shoulders hung low. Just yeah, ter- Terry's gonna come come in without any awareness of the, the severity of the emotion. <laughs> Said, "Oh, you're going to let me drive the ship? I cannot wait, Orin. I am so excited that you are letting me pilot for once. I I can't wait." Hey, Terry, set volume to zero. I will. Uh, Thanks, Phil. I couldn't deal with that son of a bitch right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what's on the body of the Sardat. How's that sound? A little yeah. loot? Let's loot, do that. Loot makes everything a little better, right? A little bit better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Zolan has the Aslanti Royal Battle Regalia, uh, which is a pretty awesome piece of armor. Um, It's a 7th level suit of light armor that provides plus 7 to EAC and plus 8 to KAC. Uh, It has 4 upgrade slots, uh, one of which can only be used to hold an Aeon Stone, which it currently has. And that Aeon Stone that's in there is a cloudy blue rhomboid Aeon Stone. Josh, if you want to look that up while I'm reading off the rest of the stuff here. Um, Also, it already has the other three upgrade upgrade slots filled. It has deflective reinforcement, which gives you a little DR, whoever wears it, a filtered rebreather, and infrared sensors. There's also a red star plasma pistol with one battery. And there is a least gluon crystal, which I believe is a Solarian weapon crystal. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, you, tell me about it again, least gluon? Uh, well, Josh, do you have the Aeon Stone pulled up? Yeah. So Go it, ahead and tell me about that, and then I'll tell you about the crystal when I pull that up. Okay. <clears throat> so while uh, this Aeon Stone orbits you, as a reaction while falling, you can cast Flight first level, targeting only yourself. Uh, the Aeon Stone can be activated once per day. So you can basically jump off a cliff and then uh, pick yourself right back up and not die. Uh, okay, well, that is that is a pretty cool very, stone. Very uh, what handy. level is the stone? It's level three. Level three, so... Uh, yeah, so whoever wears that basically gets a, a little fly spell, right? Yeah, well, only as a reaction while falling, so you can't just, like, yeah. use it. Decide to fly. Right, right. It just Unless you, you, you know, jump off a cliff and then cast it. Yeah. Right. So that well, glue on uh, least gives you a d4 and a wound critical, so... Yeah, I'll take that. 
Yeah, so you can add that to your moat. And Sweet. yeah, it'll boost your damage and give Heck you that. Yeah. Because you were looking for that wound critical effect during that fight. <laughs> I know, because I'm so like, used oh, to yeah, having it on my right. rifle. Yeah. Right, so now you have it on your. Sweet. On your melee weapon as well as your as rifle. As far as the so. armor, I, th I think that's that's a, a set of armor for Ziva if I've ever heard it. You know? So yeah, you've drawn this body in here and he's wearing this armor right at Ziva's feet. So like, there's that. <laughs> You see, right there is that scene of, of you presenting it to her. Uh, Captain, you you may want the the armor. This asshole is not going to be needing it anymore. Yes, uh, I think that that would uh, be very handy. Uh, we will have to make some modifications to it, of course. I can't tout this hideous color, but no. Yeah, yes. this Azalante green is pretty sickening. I will say that aside from the color, the armor itself is very stylish. I mean, it looks very, very cool and light and like um, some some good cuts and angles on it. But it is that awful Aslanty green. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think we can certainly uh, get this worked out. But um, I will gladly take this. I think it will be most useful. She kind of like weakly smiles, trying to make the best out of it. So. But Emily's super fucking pumped. Yeah, yeah. While while I'm thinking about it, Oren will pop out that purple force filled Aeon stone and just kind of toss it to Fell. Say, here you go, man. Oh shit! Thanks, man. This this uh, this this will help. Yeah. All right. I need a shower. Well, you gotta get off of this. Yeah, you gotta fly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. I do gotta fly. You guys gotta I, th I thought we were. I thought we were in the drift by now. Or, or no, dude, no, you right. got, We gotta make the whole uh, pomp and circumstance about it. I mean, so. all right. So Oren takes everybody up and um, gets kind of flies you to a, a space, you know, that's safe, far enough away from the debris of the Sardat ship and the comet field itself and kind of throws everybody into drift. So the situation that you have now to deal with and what we got to figure out is you have this group of scientists, you have the rune drive and you have a, you know, a little under a week worth of travel. Well, it depends on where you go. Where are you guys going? I think that he maybe right before he slides into the drift, there probably needs to be a kind of, general conversation with everybody that's aboard your ship so you can make a decision about where it is that you're going to where you leave and I think at the very least Oren gets flies you to a safe place that's far enough away from Arellos to to not be around if any Aslanti come looking you know yeah, uh, but he doesn't really know to where to set the drift course to so I think there definitely needs to be a conversation involved with that um so as you know he's piloting us to the to the area Ziva will call everybody to the either the bridge or yeah just all the scientists you know come to the bridge and once everybody's there uh, she will say you know, I know many of you have been uh, enslaved by the Aslanti for quite some time so I will leave it up to you as to where you would like to go we would not be taking liberties with your destination uh, Mur Murgleberg kind of speaks up and, uh, she says 
Well, I will speak for the scientist here. We don't really have anywhere to go. Most of us were chosen by the Atlantis specifically because we didn't have any ties and nobody would look for us. We don't have homes to go to, and I know that most of us just want to be involved in research. We want to use our minds. We are good workers, but we, we do not know where our home would be. Um, Phil, can I stay at your place? You do not want I to go down that road. Absolutely not. Fell looks at Murgleburr and cuts his eyes towards Ziva and just kind of like, help. <laughs> uh, I think maybe Mike would kind of walk over and like nudge the captain it's like I'm sure uh, you know plenty plenty of these chaps could probably find work on Absalom Station but uh, what about Nakondis would some of some of them may be interested in maybe helping with the efforts there uh, what is Nakondis uh, Ziva will kind of like like you know, light bulb like that. That's brilliant. Um, uh, she says, yes, um, Michael, that is, that's a fantastic idea. Nokondis is, uh, is in type of frontier planet, I suppose. It's a colony. It's actually where we, um, well, Sidona, um, mm. found the ship with the rune drive. Um, and there is a colony there that she was assisting uh, and if you're wanting to put your minds to good use, the colony could certainly use your assistance. And of course, there is, you know, a stranded Aslanti ancient starship there that you might want to investigate. Oh, that sounds most fascinating. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Emily cracks up, but Ziva's, you know, a pillar of. of Got her shit together. Um, Jesus. Why are you laughing, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> it's either laugh or cry, Margot Burr. Um, burr, burr. Uh, but no, yeah, Ziva says, Alright, well, uh, we were set course for Nikondis. Um, those of you who are interested, uh, we'll be happy to drop you off there and get you acquainted with the colony. And those of you that would wish to do something else, we can, of course, make accommodations once we reach Absalom Station. Does that sound all right? Uh, she turns back to the rest of the scientists and they all kind of seem to nod agreeably. And you can see some really lit up at the idea of Nikondas and others were kind of like, when you said frontier, we're like, <laughs> mm. but then you mentioned Absalom Station and they you could see some perks there. So you look that like, between those options and that you know that they they are at least at peace and they kind of head back to the guest quarters and so I guess the first stop would be Nakondas right so that's where Oren would set the course for and so he, he so he puts it in and as he gets into the drift when he slides in the drift all of a sudden you see two or you see your comms 
inbox start pinging. Boop, 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 boop. Like that you have message messages. Captain, we've got some uh, unread messages in the inbox. <laughs> Ziva will kind of walk over to the panel and boop, boop, and open up the first message. Um, yeah, so up pops Uli. Um, if, you know, you want to remind us who Uli is, Emily? I'm sorry, you caught me off guard. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> caught me off guard too. I was sorry. like, who the fuck is Uli? Uli is like my, uh, my, Uli is Ziva's like right hand, uh, where Etram is her security, her soldier. Uh, Uli is the little mother. She takes care of everything uh, on the, the sly. She's the Akeshti. She, Akeshti? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, you see her reptilian face, uh, and you just kind of fill with, with love. You know, you're a little overwhelmed with love. And she looks tired, but good. You know, she looks a little worn out, but good. And she says, Madame Ziva, oh, we are so glad to hear from you. Everyone here was beginning to worry. We are glad that you are okay. Even though it sounds like you're not safe. Please, hurry back to the pools. I fear that Etram is quite grumpy and sad with your absence. And I myself grow a bit weary of all the clients, business partners, and divas that come through here. I do not know how you deal with all these people every day. I just want to go back to taking care of my ladies and gentlemen. They need their mother after all. I have sent you a stipend of 2,000 credits from the pool's account. Come home soon and safe. With love, Uli. Thank you, Adam. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Emily's done. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like Ziva kind of, I imagine, even gets a little verklempt at that message and just kind of pushes on to the next one, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, going to say, if she can't handle it, I'll be like, uh, uh open the next message. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, she just, yourself. she saves that and then she's, you know, she's boop, 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 so yep. she doesn't cry, so. So after that message, you see another message chain open and none of you knew that Zeno had sent a message. And so you can see because he did that while you guys were all asleep. He sent a message to the APA while you are all asleep. And so what you see is the message chain. And I imagine, particularly considering what just happened, the captain would probably... Snoop a little bit? Well, just put the whole message chain up there. So this is what you hear. The stars, they look very different today. The crew, they've through a lot physically mentally i've seen growth courage fear and dread we're here in the nist system don't worry this tight beam is encrypted one of my own i've developed over the years we made contact with sedona she's all right missing some memories but intact functional we've picked up a new crew member anyway I've been browsing my personal files, thinking of... Well, I'm sure I'm keeping you from uh, from your duties. I'm sure you're keeping the APA in ship shape, and hopefully not like this tin can. Gods forbid, or and Ophelino hear me. But 
how are you? See how I do my damnedest to keep this. You've been, mind. you have our transponder codes. <clears throat> right back. I think it's going to be a long time. I will get back to you, Tiff. And then the captain presses play on the next message, and Tiffany's face comes up. It was so good to hear your voice, Zeno. And on your own developed type beam, no less. That's so smart. Good looking, too. I hope you don't mind me being so forward, Zeno. But I can read between the lines. Can't wait to hear about your adventures over our dinner when you get home. So don't take too long out there, Zeno. The APA needs you. And I miss you. See you soon, Tiffan. <coughs> Tears suddenly start to leak out of a a vesque face. Yeah, and it's just the crew up here now on on the bridge. You know, no scientists. Rupert's not there. Merkelberg's not there. Iria's not there. It's just the crew on the bridge. And I think this is the first time that you guys could, like, or have had a moment to stop. And really, like, the weight of it hits you. Hashichir, dead. Sedona, evaporated. Zeno, gone. What, I mean... Was, was that all the messages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mike rubs his face, you know, trying to push the tears away, as it were, and I think he realizing that he's going to have to have a conversation with Tiffon and letting the having the weight of this whole thing hit him finally in earnest whereas he's been all the adrenaline and everything up to this point's let him block it out i think he tries to hold back for a minute and then just storms off to the gym like he he's not he can't, he can't cry in front of y'all so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so Mike just walks out of the bridge. Like, he kind of sits there, looks at all of you, and then just walks out, leaving Orin, Ziva, and Fel on the bridge. Fel goes over to Ziva and gives her a hug. She gladly takes it, and pretty much just as soon as... kind of falls as, into... As like, soon fall, as yeah. you, yeah, as soon as you, like, touch her, she's, like, this racking sob, just kind of, like, because... Not only was that Zeno, but it was him talking about Sedona and Hash. Mm-hmm. It's just like the ultimate I swear gut we didn't punch. Plan that. I, was, I was sitting here I thinking, swear I was, we didn't plan I was that. absolutely thinking, I was like, that motherfucker has been playing us for 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 months. Um, but I believe you if you say you didn't plan it. But yeah, <laughs> she absolutely just falls into the hook and. Yeah, and Phil yeah, just kind of, you know, being much taller, kind of leans down, puts his head, you know, kind of on hers, holds her, and just kind of cries quietly with her for a good while. What's about Orin? Orin's just shaking his head. I mean, he, you know, he just feels so empty, you know what I mean? And he just, like... I don't know what I'm gonna do without him, y'all. I've lost too many people I care about. This one really hurts. 
Yeah, it does. But, I mean, shit, we don't have much of a choice but to... I mean, we gotta keep living, right? And as cliche yeah. as it sounds, you know, keep living for for him, for, for Sedona, for, for Hash. I mean, for all of them. At the mention of Hash, Ziva just kind of, like, crumples. And she looks up at Fail, all seven feet of him. And she says, It's our fault that he is dead. He didn't have to leave, Outpost said. We, we brought him here. This is our fault. It's, throwing blame's not going to do anything to help. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but, you know, he, he came of his own will. He chose to be here. I mean, he may have done a little convincing, but, you know, it was his choice. And, you know, he didn't really have that much left going on for him with with everything that happened. So, you know, we we tried to do the best we could for him. She just kind of nods like, yeah, that's that's pretty much all she can do. Like that, that message just kind of ruined her for the rest of the day. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but. I could use some rest. Yeah. We can yeah. talk more in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine, yeah, everybody just kind of... You guys got to be beat on, to, on top of emotionally drained. I mean, you know, there's a lot of fighting going on. There was, a, there was just a lot that happened. So you go to sleep, and you guys are in the drift. I imagine just being in the drift makes it hard because... Zeno's fascination with the drift and just like you cannot look around the ship without being reminded of what you lost so you just try to get some sleep Uh, I'm sure it's not great but what what we're looking at now is you have about a three day journey to Nakondas and then from there it'll be a four day journey in the drift back to Absalom there are level ups to discuss there's I'm sure conversations that you guys want to have on the way. I'm going to kind of turn it over to you guys. Um, But you have this journey back to kind of process not only your losses, but, but your gains as well. I mean, this experience made you stronger people despite all the sadness that surrounds it, surrounds it. Oren, you've been like literally blessed by Ibra, a, a god that's a goddess that's known for not m- making herself or her intentions clear or available. Yet here she is, plainly interjecting with your life, and now pulling Ziva into your orbit as well, into her orbit, and and. Ibra the Inscrutable is becoming a much greater force, I think, for you, and a much more undeniable force. Oh, for absolutely! You. And I, I was going to say that Orin would start his day the next morning, you know, spending some time in meditation and in prayer to Ibra, um, both, you know, giving thanks for for blessing him in that fight. C- clearly, 
Eber was with him in that fight, and um, he knows it. You know, he could feel it. And uh, he's also going to ask for guidance uh, about, you know, where to go from here. You know, I mean, he doesn't expect an answer, but he's just, he's going to ask anyway and, you know, spend some time and, you know, kind of reflective meditation before he goes back to, to greet the crew the next day. Okay. Um, let's talk mechanically about what this blessing of Ebra was. It was your level up. Okay. Yeah. So, so you leveled up to seven and you were able to use your starlight form that's now become blinding radiance. Is that the well, name? Well, well, yeah. The, basically, mechanically speaking, starlight form gets a little buff at level seven. And um, it now can shed blinding radiance so that any uh, creature that ends its turn adjacent to the active starlight form has to basically roll or be blinded for a round. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a huge upgrade, uh, you know, for starlight form. Took another spell. It's not a big deal. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. Yeah, I mean, the Blessing of Ebra certainly... um, I think manifests itself the most in the upgrade for the starlight form. And if you'll, if you'll indulge me as you're sitting there praying to Ibra for guidance and and her, of course, not responding, you know, as you, and and you're like, okay, I mean, I didn't expect anything. And you get up and you get dressed and kind of get yourself together and go to open the door to go meet the crew. And you see your captain standing in front of you with, her arm raised to like knock on the door and and your captain is right there oh uh morning captain can good morning you want to come in Uh, and he'll just kind of open the door to his quarters yes uh z will come in and she'll just kind of like stand sort of awkwardly not really knowing what to do because what she came to ask him about is kind of odd to her in in a way um. Uh, yes. Good. Good morning, Oren. Are you feeling better uh, physically? Um, yeah, I'm a little more centered as well. Good. What What can I do for you? Um. I just I, w- I wanted to check in on you. Um, just to kind of see how you were doing and. I want to ask you about what happened on the bridge before you went out to meet the Sardet. The energy. Um, what was that? Hmm. Well, I, uh, if I had to guess, I would say that Ibra came to you as well. I know that you felt it. And it's hard to deny something so miraculous. It was, um, it felt like how Sedona tried to explain what she does. I'd never understood it, of course, because, you know, you can't experience something just by hearing the district description but um I know what she meant now I feel like maybe now we both have a little piece of her with us yes 
Yeah. Yeah, I like that, Captain. She just kind of nods and she says, Okay. When? Listen, I, uh, I think that you may have some inkling of a connection now. And if you need help figuring out what that means, I'll, uh, I'll be glad to show you when we have some time. Like Sedona showed me. And she just looks up at you and you can tell she's kind of, she's kind of nervous. Like it, it, it caught her off guard. She's a little scared about it. She's never really done anything. All of Ziva's stuff has been like racial telepathy kind of stuff or just, you know, silver tongue. Um, this whole thing is different and she was scared about it. So you saying that and her not having to come out and, and ask you to guide her essentially immediately makes her feel better. Um, and she just kind of says, thank you, Orna, very, very much. I look forward to working with you. And she just kind of like gives you a little wink and just, all right, let's get to work, okay? Yeah, let's go find the crew. And and as they turn to walk out, Orin will kind of, you know, put his hand on her on her shoulder and, and you know just kind of pat her on the back a little bit. It's like a little awkwardly right. at first, like he hovers <laughs> over her shoulder, like. So yeah, we've yeah. we've moved past that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I imagine, you know, Michael, you probably got up pretty early and hit the, hit the gym. Like, right? Like, I, I can't imagine that Michael's, like, ready to interact with the whole crew right now, you know? You are correct. And, in fact, um, last night, he stormed off to the gym, and I think everybody went to bed, and I don't think he immediately went to bed. I, I think he doesn't know how to process things other than in a physical way. I think he sat and hit that fucking punching bag until his knuckles were bloody and then mm. went to bed and then he wakes up wraps his knuckles and goes and does it again and just beats his fucking he's just beat the pain of of that and the exertion of it is an is an escape so you're yeah. just in there just like like zoned just, I mean, out on the yeah, punching I mean, there's bag a, there's blood dripping down the punching bag you know what i'm saying like, oh my goodness well about this time you kind of hear a knock on the side of the door. Like, you know, it's an open door to the gym, but so it's one of those things where somebody's kind of like leaning in and just making their presence known. Um, and you look up and you see your father, Rupert, kind of standing in the frame of the gym doorway. I, I mean, I, I don't know that he even sees it. Like, he's so... The roll I mean, of perception? It's, it's just, no, I mean, like... With a minus 15? No, roll that perception. Yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, it's like, it really is like, he's got to be worn out at this point, but he just can't stop, and it's like every punch is labored and slow, and... Uh, uh, like, just keeps going and just won't let himself stop. Yeah, so, so Rupert knocking yeah. and not really getting any response from Michael kind of steps in. And so, Rupert. Ladies and gentlemen, John Thomas. John Thomas, <laughs> yes, sorry, yes, Rupert Agamason. Yeah, Rupert Agamason. Papa Gamason? Papa Gamason. 
Okay, so yeah, uh, Rupert is going to kind of just gingerly, almost like, you know, just walking on eggshells type deal, just like approaching his son and knowing that he's just in the zone and knowing that he's just trying to process the best way that, well, Mike can. And he just goes over there and he sees him just kind of like hitting the body bag, I mean, you know, and uh, the punching bag. And so he's just kind of, I guess he's just going to go ahead and just grab the punching bag, you know, just kind of like help steady it so he can just keep on punching. And he's just going to, he's just going to talk to him without whether or not he's going to respond, you know? And he's just going to say, Hey there, Mikey boy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, at this point, I will say it's like, it's not technique it's not jabbing and and hooking it's every punch is as hard as he can hit yeah it's like even like just kind of like he's gotta like keep steady you gotta really like steady yourself to not get right right it's like you're doing all right we haven't had a lot of time you and i not your fault you've been so busy looks like you've had a lot of time to process now Bullshit. <laughs> I think when you say that, I think Mike finally like stops for a second and starts to unwrap his bloody wrappings on his fist and he's looking down and won't look at you. And as he's unwrapping, he, he like looks at you and you can see the, the blood soaked wrappings. And as soon as his eyes meet yours, you can see just rivers of tears just they just it's it's not a a trickle it's a downpour gotcha. and it's constant and so he's just looking at this and just seeing this emotional state this vulnerable state that michael is in and he just kind of like just kind of heaves a sigh and just kind of like looking down at the ground and he's just i didn't know you're android I can see it in your eyes. Clear as day. You meant a lot to you. The best you can do now is honor his spirit. As long as his memory lives on in you, you'll never be alone. He, like, seems like he's trying to work up not necessarily the courage, but just the ability to say a word. And he, he, like, he's pausing it. And he just collapses, like, literally just, like, falls down on his butt with his arms hanging over his knees and and just cries and cries and cries. He can't, he can't make words, you know what I'm saying? And he goes over there to his son and just kind of, like, gets down on his knees and kind of, like, just helps brace him against uh, against his chest, you know. And he looks at him. And uh he said he says uh Vesksan, life and death is part of our nature. And your crew knew the risks. Your android friends were no different. But I will say I wish I could have seen you grow. That's my only regret. 
Your mother... Your mother and I had trouble making a clutch. You were the only one that survived. It was hard taking it in, seeing other children your age, brothers and sisters your age. And your mother wanted to tell you, but it was my decision. We couldn't tell the child that. You couldn't have known your clutch mates were still born. But seeing you like this, I know deep down inside of you that fire, even though it's a smolder now, will live on. And he finally... <clears throat> There's a break in his his tears for a second, and he looks up at you. And again, he he has no words, but he just, like, fiercely, like, grabs you and pulls you to him. I mean, I feel like Rupert's had a hesitation to, like, you know, hug him. Like, they don't... They've had so many years, and there's not a closeness there, you know? It'd be like, I guess he'd, he'd... wouldn't feel comfortable. He'd be testing that waters and, and Mike breaks through it and it just hugs him because he needs it, you know? And like, oh, yeah. just, just holds him to him. It's probably tighter than he hugged Aaron when he picked him up and, and start, and cr- I think he probably cries into your shoulder, into Rupert's shoulder for a while. And finally, once he ex- expends that good, healthy cry that he needed for so long, um, he finally like pulls away <clears throat> and he's like d- dad P- Papa Gummerson I I don't you don't know anything about me anymore and I don't know nothing about you except that you're a respected scientist and armorer and all that but when we get back to Absalom Station, I assume, please tell, you're coming with me to Absalom. You're not going to Nakondis, right? Are you sure you want me? Dad, the, the two people I care most about in this world are dead. I've, I, I know I've still got a life to live. I've still got to move forward and when we get back to Absalom Station I've I've still got a business to run and I will you help me and with that he's just kind of like almost just kind of like seeing it like he doesn't he doesn't know how to process but I mean he just quickly recovers for a second and I mean Show me the duties, I'll do my best. I may be past my prime, but don't coddle me. Treat me like you would any of your other employees. I just I just need a partner. I need someone in that office with me. Zeno was my CFO. I I don't read you as an accountant necessarily. I'll I own the company, but I need I need a right-hand man, and it would do me a lot of good if you'd agree to be my COO. 
Of course, son. I feel like we can't let this second chance go to waste. Now, I, I want you there by my side for as long as I've, I can have with you. We're never going to make up for all the time we missed, but we can bloody well try. And with that, he, he sees almost like he's looking into the past. And he says, you look so much like your mother. So you keep saying that. It's like, oh, poor woman. (laughs) (laughs) Even now, I see so much of her in you. You're fierce like her. As much as she was a a scientist, she was a warrior. My head was always in the hypothetical, but your mother, she was what grounded me. Let's go home. Yeah. I I don't know how to have a conversation yet about her. How about... Help me up, old man. I'll go get cleaned up, washed up. Maybe I'll go cook you some eggs or something. That sounds swell. They got some good ones on the condos, I hear. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, oh, I, I won't be eating any eggs. I will cook you some eggs. <laughs> I, I guess about this time, um, Oren and Ziva would be running into Fell in sort of a kitchen or common area yeah, on the ship. Yeah, I would think so. So, yeah, I mean, when Orin sees Fell, it's been... How you holding up, buddy? One day at a time. You know? Yeah, that's right. It's, uh... It's, it's rough, man. Like, I, I keep... Like, I've, I've gone past his room a number, a number of times and, and he's just... He's not, not there. It's It's weird. I mean, I guess, you know, this ship, I mean, is this even still, I guess this is still the Tracer, right? But it's in a hell of a lot better condition than than I was able to do with everything we've been, we've had going on. It's it's not the Epic Tracer anymore, it's the TikTok Blazer. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's finally the Epoch Tracer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we have to call it the Epoch Tracer now because it's... This is his final form. Yeah. No, it's not even its final form. This thing's gonna level up more. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this this uh, like I I can't help but but feel. I mean, I'm I don't know about uh, the spiritual whatever stuff, but I can't I can't help but 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 feel him in this ship somehow. And Orin kind of nods and he says that. I think you're right, Phil. I think, uh... I think this was his parting gift to us. Yeah, well... I'm gonna do my damnedest to take care of it. Yeah. And I'll try not to wreck it, I guess. Listen, man. It's, uh... It's gonna be okay. We, uh... We just do the best we can. Right? Yeah. That's all we can do. Norrin kind of looks to Ziva as if, you know, uh, help me out here, Captain. Put a bow on this thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of the look that he gives you. And uh, she'd, she'd definitely catch that look, and she'd um, kind of go over to Fail and sort of put her hand on his, I guess, like, forearm. I forget how tall you are. He's, he's tall. Like he's a tall feet. guy. Um, 
and she just kind of like passed. He grows me. every day. Like he by does. now, he's, he's like, like ten feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah ten seven easy. Man. He started out like that motherfucker's like thirty goddamn feet four tall. foot eight, and now he's like 10 yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a big birth, honey. Um, but she would just kind of like pat you and smile. Um, and she says, "I like that. That this is this was his parting gift. I think that is very appropriate, and then I do." I very much, like you said, feel him here. He'll, um, he'll always be here organizing our things for us in a little way, yes? Yeah. I mean, shit, he did the entire ship, apparently. It's something. Couldn't help himself. And she'll just kind of pat you and go. Orin, roll a perception check. Uh, okay. And fell. All right. Let me get my dice out. <laughs> no Ziva? Uh, okay. <laughs> That's going to be a 28. That's a 20. Dirty 20. Uh, Okay, Oren, you see, like, as he's talking, you see, you know, he mentions that thing about everything having its place and all that. And you see, like, the little waveform of when Terry is talking, like, happen, but you don't hear anything. You just see... That that the little like vocal registration of Terry talking is is ta- he's talking right now, but you uh, can't. Uh, Fell, uh, can you unmute Terry? Hey, Terry. Uh, Set your volume to a normal, not obnoxious level. <laughs> okay, I will do that, Fell. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that. Yes, it seems that in the workshop. There seems to be outlines for every tool on the wall. This was not there before. Just thought that this was relevant information to this conversation. I will resume muting. No. <laughs> uh, thanks, Terry. God, it's 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 honestly, it's like I, I hadn't kept my tools too straight on the ship, but you know, it's like back home. I mean, hell, this 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 ship is home, guys. Yeah, I, th- I think at that point, maybe Mike and Rupert finally walk in to the common area that you you guys are in, or whatever. First time Mike's really shown his face. Yeah, and it's in a day and a half. As Mike walks in, Fell continues speaking and says, "I mean, you guys." And he looks over his shoulder and sees Mike. You guys are my family now. Yeah, here, here. You're all I've got. Uh, I don't know what I would do without y'all. I definitely couldn't... Couldn't handle everything that's going on, so... Thank you all for just being here. Yeah, I think um, Mike would walk over... And finally looks okay, like he can carry on, and walk over and put a hand on each of your shoulders and squeeze, you know, the, not not necessarily trying to say anything, just like the unspoken, like, yes, we are family, we are all we have, and uh, kind of nods at both of you and turns to Phil and is like, you're right, mate, we've become something more than just a crew that works together, right? <clears throat> yeah. 
it's it's something beyond that in the short amount of time we've been together we've surpassed that I'm I'm it's a privilege to know each and every one of you and even those that we've lost it was a privilege to get to know you with them so fell turns and goes to the liquor cabinet where Zeno kept his vodka and pulls out enough uh, shot glasses for everybody pours around and as he pours the round uh, says hey uh hey Terry did you uh do you by chance have set your volume back up real quick but did you ever uh, get a chance to fabricate those whale polyps for old hash I have come to a close approximation I think that it is 92.76% accurate representation of whale polyps Sounds good enough to me it's about uh, 48 out of 55 there <laughs> Clean. Uh, like I wish I knew math enough to give you that'd the actual be, fraction, be but closer that, to like a fifty-one or something. That's yeah. a eighty-seven percent. Uh, but yeah, so Terry, go ahead and uh, you know dispense some of those for us, and you know he passes out the round of shots. So you're shooting whale polyps? No, shooting vodka. A- oh, sh- and then having a whale polyp in, in uh, Hash's honor. Yeah. All right, so so basically a faux oyster and a shot. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it puts out there. It looks doesn't look a hundred percent natural. I'll tell you that that eight percent is making a difference on the visual, but it smells like a whale polyp should smell, and it has the texture of it. It's just shaped a little funny. But oh, delicious. When no one is looking, mm. Ornold just kind of slides well, into the garbage are my can. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, me too, Mergelberg. I love whale polyps. Uh, I also like Mergelbergers. You just, you, you're the best. You know that. Uh, oh, you really think so, Phil? Hey, how far away from the Condis are we? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're like two days from the guy. Yeah. Not yeah. even trying to let so, that so I'm relationship sorry, Josh, I'm, start. I'm ruining your scene. Oh, All right. So you have, this, this, you have the shots, the whale polyps, and uh, you're sitting around the table. So yeah, uh, with your crew. So fell you know, after passing the the vodka out. Uh, to those that we've lost, and to not lose anymore. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put some clinking foley in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Papa Gama says, stop eating eggs. We're taking shots. <laughs> <laughs> so we take Off a whale there. polyp after the shot of vodka? No, Is that what I, you're understanding? I, I, you do it how you want. Mike puts his whale polyp in the shot, takes the whole Oof. thing. Ziva's not going to do that now. No, yeah, no. so like you guys take your shots, and, and, and you guys got about another day journey to Nikondas, but we're going to hand wave that time although i think ziva there's a little something you want to do in the remaining time there yeah so pretty much right after the shots and everybody's eat you know getting their food and everything ziva will sort of excuse herself uh because the whale polyps made her think of hash and she pulls out from her pocket the necklace that she had given hash before they encouraged him to come with them um she had she took it back from his body um and she just kind of looks down at it 
And so she's got something to remember him by, but she wants to have something physical to remember the others by. So she goes to Sedona's bunk, and she sees a um, a model ship of the epic tracer. Um, and she she just smiles, and she takes it, and as she's getting ready to head out of the room, she just kind of runs her hand along the bed. And she makes her way to Zeno's quarters, and um, in there sitting is his cactus and his puzzle cube. And she takes the cactus to put in the common area, but the puzzle cube she's gonna keep with her, keep with her. So, and she just kind of got a lot of goddamn nerves feeling <laughs> that puzzle cube. <laughs> That should go on my desk. <laughs> well, you don't know what she's going to do with it. She may be planning to put it in it somebody's butt, maybe. Wow. Moving appendages. Ruined by Anyways, anyways so. No, no, I'm with it. I'm with it. So Ziva collects some things of the fallen over the course of the next couple of days. And Terry lets you know that you're arriving in Nakanda's star space, pulls you out of the drift. And you guys make your descent to the surface in Nakondas. There's a hero's welcome there. But it becomes very apparent as soon as Sedona isn't with you. That it's kind of tainted with loss. And the people of Nakondas grieve with you in the time that you spend there. Imagine you spend a day there. Have dinner with them. You check in with Corsica. Maybe have some laughs about Weldy, but you hear that he's been off doing adventures and been having a grand old time. He took Trevor and Zickle with him and that they, they have become something. They've, they have their own life outside of Nakondas. Corsica and her beau are doing great. They're, they're very happy. Um, and Jellic and Abretta are back together. And um, Abretta looks really good, you know? Um, I mean, it's not like she's had some like overly feminine makeover or anything, but she started to clean up the grease off of her face. And she's standing a lot taller. Jellic himself is standing taller. He's in good shape. His wounds have healed pretty good. Corsica is up and about herself, and everybody in Nakanda seems to be good, doing well. Um, there is a contingent of the Skyfire Legion there, um, which, Oren, you would know that the Abadar Corp likes to hire sometimes when there needs to be some extra security. And so it looks like as they've sent some, some guards there to protect Nakanda's from any further invasion. That's reassuring. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be mixed feelings for Oren because of his sure. relationship with uh-huh. Dark Lord, but you know, I mean, you yeah. know for sure that the Skyfire Legion being here is a good thing for the colony. It's, yeah. it's definitely given them some much-needed protection. Um, you guys have your meal of eggs, and, of course... And say, you know, share some some 
pleasant memories and people fill you in on some of their favorite memories of Sedona. You guys talk about your, some of your favorite memories of Sedona, some that we've heard on this show. Um, and basically, I think you have an actual service or funeral for, for Sedona here on the Condes. Um, I think that everything that we could say or would say has kind of been said to a degree, but the service is beautiful. There's no body to bury but they basically make a little sculpture for Sedona in the Condes. So where the garrison was, there is now just an obelisk that, and with Sedona's name etched into it. And also etched into it are all of your names. The Epic mm. Tracer crew. And then you leave Nikondas, head back into the drift, and are making your way back to Absalom Station. So we have a couple characters whose level ups we haven't talked about yet. And I imagine it's during this time, after a few days of dealing with your emotions, a little bit of closure for Sedona, at least with, with her service, we have Fel and Mike who still need to level up. So what are you guys doing during this time? I mean, Fel's going to approach Mike knowing uh, how much time he spends in the gym and working on, uh, you know, working on armor and whatnot. And uh, say, hey, hey, Mike, you, uh, you mind give me a hand with something? I, I got something I've, I've been I've been working on that that might or a couple things that might really help. For, I mean, I don't know. We're going home, but who knows where, where we're going to go from here, you know? In in the uh, in the engineering bed? Yeah, well, that and uh, maybe a little bit later, a little, little uh, gym time together. Yeah, well, which one first? Oh, shit, I guess uh, let's go, uh, go to the engineering bay. All right, you mind if the expert comes along and he slaps his dad on the arm? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course he the could old be man. I'd love for him to. Yeah, let's see what you got cooking up. All right, yeah, let's check it out. Yeah, so I had this, uh, the other day, had a, had a crazy idea to, that, like, you know, other mechanics I have, have drones, but, I mean, shit, I don't, I don't have one. I get this, you know, this implant, uh... And I was wondering if, if maybe I could like put one of those like a drone modification onto myself. Like how fucking cool would that be? Right? I was thinking maybe jump jets. Oh, I I see I've inspired someone. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can if, flying if around like that. I mean fuck, that's that's too damn cool to not want to have. Yeah, I mean, it's quite cool, my man, and I would be more than pleased to help you have the ability to oh i can just imagine it now we go into combat we both jump 30 feet over a shipping container or something and you come in guns are blazing and i smash somebody simultaneously right? i mean how fucking cool would that be yeah that's the, oh let's get to work pops i'm i'm sure i'm sure you've seen jump jets in your day yeah oh yeah i'm i'm all about this right now got all the tools for this and fell looks up on the wall and notices what terry said about everything being perfectly arranged 
Oh, it's got to be pristine, yeah. man. Like, we would all be impressed. Like, even Rupert, probably. Oh, yeah. What he didn't mention was every outline is labeled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every yeah. tool. Well, I, I do think this is probably the first time we've gone to the engineering bay, mm-hmm. other than maybe a cursory glance. At, like, I, I, can't, I can't help but love the scene of, like, all three of us walking in and being, like, kind of dumbfounded for a second yeah. by like how awesome and pristine it all looks. Yeah, just kind of like really prideful and then, about it. How clean and it then is. all of us like, you know, maybe fucking like rubbing our hands together because it's like, ooh, we about to get to work, son. I mean, yeah, I can dig that for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, I mean, Mike at least gets really excited and is like, can't wait to jump into a project. That isn't just smashing his knuckles bloody on a punching bag. Yeah. And, you know? and Fell's looking forward to having his uh, another personalized yeah. uh, augmentation so, type thing. So, so I think maybe, uh, excuse me if I'm being too too jumping in there, but I think maybe they spend like 30 minutes talking about your stuff, but then Mike riffs off of you and is like, "Well, I've got." I've got some ideas as well for my armor, and I was hoping, Pops, that you could help. I, I I always want to have the most thick, beefy armor that I can, but I I really I want to find a way to use this like vest style hex weave implementation that was that was your signature pops um, that I've I've learned to use to varying degrees. I, I want my armor to be equally as as durable. But I want to be more flexible because I want to be able to like jump in the way of my allies more effectively. Like I don't, I don't want my armor to inhibit me in being able to protect those that I love because I don't never want to lose no one because I couldn't get there in time, right? Oh yeah, and and Rupert is all about this, spending time with his son, doing stuff that, despite like the complete. Uh, gap in time between the two he's like he sees that he didn't fall far from the tree as far as the profession you know is that you know that's like actually building armors and he finds that really fucking cool and he's just loving it he's already just taking a look at your armor you know and he's just kind of like you know lifting up your arms moving you know rotating bits and pieces of it you know it's like I, I like this here but You'd get a better response if you extended the rotation on this bit. And Fell jumps in. Yeah, if you were to uh, move that to there, use this type of hinge, and just kind of, you know, starts rattling off a whole bunch of, you know, engineering babble. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think this is the... Oh, this is so good, because it, there's a certain pure, like, unadulterated joy that the three of these men can share that the rest of the party can't share that is it's both the joy of like the project itself but also the improvements that they can make so you know they're probably taking an hour on one piece and then an hour on the other because they can't help but just shift between the two projects because they're so equally excited about both yeah so mechanically what does that mean you're just you're basically getting jump yeah so like i kind of described it's uh the mechanics get a drone upgrade that they can install in themselves or exocortex uh, mechanics do so jump jets because freaking cool like 30 foot jump every I think once a minute 
Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, so it's not... Okay, so it's not like actual jump jets where it's like just a, a number of batteries. No, these are like just, built into okay. Fell. It's not like it's not nice. technically an augmentation, so I could still install something in a, a slot that that would take up. Oh, that's cool. But it's just... I, Fell's got jump jets, baby. Free jump jets, baby. Yeah. Free Does jump jets. require spending a resolve nope. or anything? Just one a minute. Oh, no? that's amazing. Okay, okay well, speaking It works just of- like jump jets, you know? Well, speaking of resolve, what the the way that I flavored what we're doing with my armor is because uh, as a soldier this level I got a gear boost, um, and my gear boost that I took because it was just narratively perfect for the the bodyguard that Mike is and wants to be. I took bodyguard vigilance, so uh, when I use the bodyguard feat, it requires no action but you must spend one resolve point each time after the first that you use the bodyguard feat during a single round uh but you have to use it on a different ally and it also applies for in harm's way so basically whereas normally i could uh use bodyguard and 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 narratively like shift myself in between someone and the the shot that's coming to them and increase their AC by two and reduce mine by two. Now I can spend a resolve point to do it to another ally on top of that one. And that applies to in harm's way. So I can take the damage for two allies or three allies. As many allies are adjacent to me that are being fired upon or or being attacked. Yeah, that's cool. Like get full auto fire and just take all of it. I could, yeah, if, if three of us were standing like in three squares next to each other, I could literally bodyguard both of you and in harm's way both of you if the damage still went through. That's cool. And that's happened before. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, and it gives me something to spend resolve on because like, you know, other than getting up, I don't have anything to use that currency. Oh, this resolve. Yeah. Nothing to use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so Fell and Mike... You know, build some shit together. They become stronger. Uh, I I think it's probably really good for Mike and Rupert. You know, yeah. and, and like it's. I think Phil. I think really, maybe more importantly for our campaign in this group, Phil. I think you really feel connected to Mike mm-hmm. in a new way. I think that for a while, your relationship to Mike was. Because you're both friends with Zeno. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Fel and Mike weren't buddies. And they've made armor and stuff together before. But it, I felt like there was always kind of this distance between the two. And now now it's like you guys are like trench brothers. You know, like you've been through the shit and like both have a shared trauma. You know? Well, it, to me, I think it's it's... A manifestation and reflection of when Fell saved Zeno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, like saved him when we were getting bombarded coming out of the prison. And we haven't been able to really spend the time to bond over that other than, I mean, I, you know, made you honorary member of the APA or whatever. But that was very much like a pomp and circumstance, like me honoring you publicly. It wasn't bonding and spending time together. Yeah you know um so the so, so your your journey continues back to Absalom station and i want to kind of just cut to the last night of 
your trip. You know, you're, you're right on the verge. Terry lets you know that Absalom Station is approaching and that, you know, as Terry likes to do, you know, give you that heads up that you're almost at your destination. And so let's, let's go to the, your final night. And I, I just envision the crew kind of sitting around the table together. So uh, Ziva, I imagine, has kind of called everybody together, all of the crew, uh, into the common area to eat together. And she's she's not in her regular garb, you know. She's she's dressed up a little for the occasion because this is kind of our last hurrah of this particular adventure. Um, and as everybody kind of gets settled. Uh, Ziva would stand, and she'd kind of hold her glass. Attention, crew of the Epoch Tracer. I wanted to take a moment and tell you all how very proud I am of you. How very proud I am to be your friend and your captain. We have done a lot together. We have met new friends together. We have created bonds between ourselves. And I am so grateful for all of those things. And I hope that we can all remember the friends that we have lost along the way fondly and use their memory to better all of the worlds that we can. I remember Sedona as always helping people. It seems a little on the nose as she was a steward, that's supposed to be their thing, but she took it a bit further. She helped rescue people from terrible situations. That was how I met her. And that's how I want to remember her, and I want to use her memory to do good. And I want to do that good with you all. And she'll kind of raise her glass and gesture to Mike. Mike <clears throat> raises his glass back to you. Says, Well said, Captain. I think a lot... <clears throat> about this concept of rescue and how it has tied so many of us together. In a way, Sedona rescued me. I, I'm, it's possible I'd still be in prison to this very day, if not for Sedona. I rescued Zeno. And that's how we met and how we became friends. And that was because of Sedona. Fell rescued Zeno from that bloody awful prison moon. We've all rescued each other. 
at some point or another on this short journey. And it's bonded us in ways I don't think any of us expected, even those of us who were friends before this. That said, I've had a conversation with the captain leading up to this dinner and we've come to an agreement. We've come to the decision that leads to a proposition. I'd like to propose to each and every one of you when we get back to Absalom Station and after we have a beautiful ceremony for Zeno, of course, I'd like for you all to join the APA. I'd like for us to be the APA and seal it with with the bond that we have, with a contract that we will work together, that we will stay together and we will figure out how we need to move forward together. Whatever that may be, whatever this crazy journey of life what direction it may lead us I want us to do it together and I want you guys to be in the APA because to me the APA is more than a business It's it's a mindset it's about being a protector it's called the Apollo Protection Agency for a reason because we're in the business are doing rescues. So, what do you, what do you guys think? Sorry, I didn't mean to knock the table. <laughs> That's my second glass of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or I'll just be like, Mike, you didn't even have to ask, man. You know we're in. I don't even think anybody's even got to say anything, man. No, but but I do have to say something because I'm tired of what we have together being unspoken. Too many things on this journey have been unspoken and we've lost people without getting to say things that we wanted to say to them. And I want to say to each and every one of you that I want you in my corner. I want you to be a part of my life and my business forevermore I wanted to say that not have you just know it I mean Oren we're talking about the rescue business Sedona rescued you from the clutches of fucking space yeah and I hadn't forgot it either Mike we've, we've all been rescued by Sedona we've all rescued one another I just want us to make an agreement that we're going to stay in the rescuing business Mikey, with each other. Mike, you know I'm down. You know I'm here for you. Yeah. I already gave you the pin. Yeah, I'm in. That includes you, Irio, and that includes you, Papa Gomerson. Well, you know I'm in. <laughs> Rupert's already, like, well into his cups, and he's just like, here, here! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's everybody, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll fucking see ya. <laughs> oh, there it oh, goes. God. There it is. 
Hey. All right. <laughs> we'll see ya. That's the end of season, season one, folks. Season what? one. Season in the one wrapped up. That's baby. it, y'all. That's and we're all APA now. Everybody. Everybody's getting tattoos. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, by the way, part of the bylaws is you have to get a tattoo on the APA symbol. No one said anything about a tattoo. Phil, I'm show them. I'm scared of needles. Show them, Phil. Phil, get a pick. This episode has been sponsored by Roll20. This is how we roll.